Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation chat, if you will, about the mundane. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just drift off. We invite you to go to iTunes and rate us. Leave a little comment. We love that. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me on today's episode is Trevor Martin. Welcome, Trevor. Thank you, Marco. Trevor, I wanted to talk to you about something that I know you're very passionate about, and that is a fantasy NBA pool. That's right. You got to walk me through this because I've never been in a fantasy pool before and I don't know how they work. So let me ask you this. What's the first thing you do? Um, The first thing you have to do is uh, you join a league. Now, in my case, I am in two leagues. One is a normal league. It's a standard season-long league where we uh, we play essentially with a, a team that we draft at the beginning of the year uh, until the end. And the end is usually before the playoffs of the actual NBA season. The other league I'm in is a dynasty league. Oh, my goodness. And a dynasty league is where you keep the same team from year to year. Oh, so if I was to join, it would be this is my team. Yeah. From today to 20 years from today. That's right. Okay. And the only way you can really change your team is we would, you would draft rookies who join the league. Okay. Or you would make trades with other managers. So essentially you become a manager for this dynasty That's league, right? right. But what happens when one of your players... So let, let me see if I got this right. You sort of sit down with your computer and paper and you sort of figure out who you want on your team. And you pick... How many players? Uh, it depending on the league, probably up to thirteen players. Thirteen. To my my dynasty league, we keep, we have eighteen players. Okay, which is a lot. So under twenty, right? Yeah. And you're figuring out who you want on your team, so that when they're actually playing in the NBA, the amount of baskets they get, yes, accrue to your point system. That's right. Versus my point system. Right now, week to week, right? Week to week. Okay. Yeah, there are several different types of fantasy league scoring. Uh, there is a... Okay, before we get into sure, that, sure. 
Walk me through your process. Okay. So it's it's would you call it draft day or like a yeah. start of the season? So okay. you have a draft day. You do your research. Okay. You decide who is going to be um, who's in the best situation now because mm-hmm. so, it changes from year to year, where uh, somebody will retire and it'll be like oh the, this backup is now going to be the the uh, starting point guard right. or. Um, something else is someone has changed teams or a new coach has come in and maybe they have a faster uh, style of playing. Mm-hmm. That happened right with the Houston Rockets recently where Mike D'Antoni, mm-hmm. who is a very, uh, he was known for, um, he was Steve Nash, Nash's coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Steve Nash, for our listeners, was a great Canadian basketball right. player. He won the MVP twice when Mike D'Antoni was coaching him. And it's because he had a... Uh, he had a style called seven seconds or less. And it's basically the idea was as soon as they got the ball within seven seconds, they would shoot. They would have a shot. This is Dan- D'Antonio's strategy? This is D'Antonio's strategy. Okay. strategy. Okay. And so now he's applied this to the Houston Rockets. And now players on the Houston Rockets are very coveted in fantasy because they uh, their pace is so fast. They're always shooting. And so they they're, get more shots on net, right? Which means that more people are going to score. There are going to be more statistics that happen. And okay. it's all about, my wife says, it's numbers. You're just watching numbers. Right. And really, we could be doing this with the weather. Like We could really? literally just be, what, look at, what's the barometric pressure in Houston today? Right. And it would be the same as James Harden's okay. you know, field goal percentage. Um, but so so on draft day, usually what happens is there's a snake draft, which means uh, so there's a snake draft like a snake. Is that the word? reason it's called a snake draft is because if there are twelve managers, there are randomly there's a random order that goes out. Okay. From one to twelve, and the reason they call it a snake is because it winds like a snake. So if you have uh, the twelfth pick. The order goes in reverse order, so as if, like a snake, it, it, you have the 12th pick and you have the 13th pick. And then okay. it snakes around to the first. I'm making a hand motion right, right. to show you, but um, it's called a snake draft because it's it, it just goes in a reverse order every time. Uh, the, there's another type of drafting, which is called auction drafting, where you get fake money basically Mm -hmm. and you bid for the players that you want and so you can spend a lot of money on one player and then end up having to budget for the rest for the rest uh that's not a style that i usually play with i usually play with just a a traditional draft so during the snake draft back Mm -hmm. to the snake draft who is number one or the first manager or the first player to select it's always uh randomized by the computer you don't know until the draft is about to happen and then you find out like five minutes before the draft starts and it's there's a strategy to it because um everyone essentially has the same order where they did there's there's some obviously excellent players in the nba lebron james for example you know he's although statistically he's not great lately um, but there are people who James Harden was the guy I just mentioned. He's the number one guy. Because He's the number one draft pick, not only for fantasy football, fantasy, for fantasy basketball, okay, for, for fantasy, fantasy basketball. basketball sorry, because he's a basket. Yeah, uh, he's o- always number one because he plays in that system I was talking to you about. Right. He he basically always has the ball, and so he's always passing. So right. he gets assists. I he see. scores. He hits three pointers. 
So you're trying to maximize the the most valuable players are the ones who do who contribute the most number of t- statistics. I see. So it's not necessarily how many baskets you make. So for example, right. it's not like okay, my players this week made I don't know if you call it baskets or points or what you would call it. Yeah. It's points. Um my players made 29 points and yours made 38. Yeah. It's also assists and things like and that. And rebounds. Okay. Depending on the league that you're in. In the league that I'm in, the Dynasty League, mm-hmm. there are 13 different categories. And they go everywhere from points to free throws that they've made to their percentage of free throws that they've made. Uh, so how how well good they are right. at shooting to uh, personal fouls. Wow. So if somebody is has a penchant for getting a lot of personal fouls... Uh, that is a negative. It subtracts from your it total. Subtracts. Also, turnovers. Some people, like uh, if they fumble the ball or they get it stolen from them a right. lot. Uh, and again, that's somebody like James Harden, who's very good at everything else. Because he always has the ball, it's more likely that someone is going to steal it from him or he's going to make a mistake and pass it off somewhere. And then you're going to have a subtraction. Yeah, and then it, so in that category, he is a negative. Okay. But in... But he's such a positive in all the other ones that it, it sort of out, outweighs that. Yeah. So, okay. I I would assume that in the snake draft, you want to be in position one? Or is it more strategic to be a little bit later on in the picking? It's interesting because position one, you get the best player. Right. But then you don't pick again until number 24. Right. So you get the you get the best guy, but then... 24 later you're getting like someone who is essentially not even in the second round or right. third round the way that people usually grade players is by position by tier so because there's usually 12 managers in a league the first tier would be the, the top 12 players okay and then second tier would be the, you know the the next the 12 13 to 24 and you usually call them so you would say that guy's a first-round talent. I see. Uh, now, yeah, so, I, I mean, personally, I usually like to get somewhere in the middle. So it's like number four or number five, and then that way it's not that far away from me getting the next pick. Because it goes down the snake and then back up? Is that why? Right. So number 12 is also going to get number 13. And number uh, 11 is now going to get the 14th pick. Yes, is exactly. Right? Okay, so yeah. that's what you mean by snake. That's what I mean. Okay, so it snakes yeah. up and down the snake's yeah, body, the, let's say. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Wow, okay. So so far all I understand is the snake position, all right, <laughs> so, or the snake picking. <laughs> Can't even get that straight. So, Trevor, tell me what you do. You so, sit down, and how do you pick your players? So what what happens is, we I always my leagues are always on the Yahoo site. There are, oh, so that's what keeps track of yes, all the statistics. Yahoo, the Yahoo League is usually is I think the most popular. There's ESPN also has one. Okay, um, but Yahoo essentially you join a league. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually, there's a commissioner who starts the league. And this would be someone you know? Or can you... Like, the ones that you've joined, yeah. they're people run by people For you... For the most part okay. now, it's people that I know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, they're usually... They're, they're people in the, the, the commu- my professional community. So okay. I'm an actor and a writer. Sure. These are people who are, are, are managers now. Um, so they invite you to the league... You make up your name, your silly name, and it's sure, usually it can be a, anything. It's right? usually a okay. pun on somebody else's. You know, I have a 
I click. I have a, my my favorite player is a guy named Chris Stapps Porzingis, and so my team name is Merry Chris Stapps because okay. it was Christmas. And sure. Whatever. So I would be like the Insomnia Project team, let's say. Right? <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. Or you could, sli- you could sleep, totally do that. Sleep and play for sure. Sleep exactly. And sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, you 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 pick your name and then you wait for the draft day and then you. How, then you start tiering your players. So then you go, who, if I get the first pick, who would I pick? And then you work your way down from there. And then the important thing is, especially in the first two rounds, get the best person available. Okay. Doesn't matter what position they play, but all that kind of stuff. You just want whoever you think is best overall. Uh, and then, because the NBA, especially, is about talent. It's about top end talent. Right. There's usually one or two really good players on your team, and then the rest are sort of like supporting players. Okay. Um. So, what we'll do? What I'll do is I'll 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 rank the players that I think are gonna do well, and I usually get that from the help of other websites. Yahoo does it as well as. Um, there are websites, ESPN, Roto World. There are the things where they do a ranking for you. Uh, and from your own personal knowledge, from right? my own personal so research that I've done, that, and from yeah. watching games, you'll be like, "I'm impressed yeah. with this player." Yeah, exactly. And I, there are also players that I have a personal bias towards. Sure, there are other teams that I don't like. Um, usually, it's younger players. Uh, there's also the worry about injury-prone players, right? Players who, who like, there are some really good players who just get hurt all the time. Yeah, because I want to know what happens if you. So you pick your say twelve to eighteen people. Yeah. What if four people get injured in your season? And you are in trouble. You're really? just not going... Like, there's nothing... Really, what you can do at that point is... Um, you can try to trade them and say, Listen, maybe these guys will be better in a few weeks. And try to get some value. Or you can drop them. And then there's something called the waiver wire, which is essentially all the players who have not been selected mm-hmm. in the draft are available. And you can essentially get rid of your players and then pick somebody off from the waiver wire. And quite often, it'll be really young players who haven't established themselves sure. or people who are in a supporting. Uh, but what ends up happening is somebody gets injured and then somebody takes their place. And usually that person is not on anybody's team. Right. So if James Harden gets injured... Then um, whoever is on the bench, maybe it's Sam Decker or whoever, right. you can you can usually find them on the waiver wire and then get them to replace uh, them. But then you've given up someone that... But then you've given up a really valuable talent. And if you're not willing to wait out the injury, then... Someone else can scoop them up as soon as they're better. And be patient. And then all of a sudden they're healthy again and now they've got the best player. Um Usually the scoring, what happens is I play in what's called a head-to-head league, mm-hmm. which is every week you are head-to-head with another manager. Oh, I see. So I'll be playing, uh, like a, my friend Chris Bond is, is in, in a league, and so if I play Chris that week, it's just his team versus my team for that week statistically for those number of games. I see. And then at the end of the week... Uh, we are assigned a point for every category that we win. So he might win points, he might win assists, he might win offensive rebounds, I might win the field goal percentage or blocks or whatever. And then you get a score to that. And usually it's, I think it's, we have 14 
14 categories, so it's like, it may end up being like something like 8 to 6 okay. or something. So if I get 8 points, that goes into my point pool okay. and then I go up and down. So uh, the idea is you want to do as best as well as you can during the regular season, and then at the end of the year, uh, there's a playoffs. Right. And that... The, the thing about fantasy basketball is you don't uh, w- fantasy basketball has to end before the real playoffs start because only a certain number of teams make the actual playoffs right so you have all these players like if only uh, 16 teams make the playoffs there's 30 teams 14 teams will in real NBA will no longer be playing right and you might have players and you might teams. have team players so in order to make it fair you have to the end of the pl- of the fantasy playoffs is the end of the regular season okay if that makes sense so at the at the end of the regular season yeah is everyone dropping players like crazy and picking up teams they think players from teams that they think are going to go forward it can happen so what ends up happening is in the in at the end of the fantasy uh, regular season you either make the playoffs. Usually, the top six teams make what is known as the playoffs, right. and they go into a, a, a separate pool. Uh, and what ends up happening is they they fight it out to win the championship. Then the bottom six go into the consolation playoffs. Okay. Now, usually in fantasy leagues, what happens is if you're in the playoffs and you lose your week, and you're no longer in, you stop. All activity. Oh, okay. Because they don't want to make it so it's like, oh, I'm just... It doesn't matter for me anymore, so I'm just going to drop all my good players. Right. And and then let other people pick them up. That's not uh, that's not cool. Right. So uh, what ends up happening is um, if you lose, you're done. And you just watch. Okay. Um, in my Dynasty League, if you drop... If you're in the playoffs and you drop somebody, you lose them forever. Basically, oh, you can't repick them up. You can't repick them up. Uh, yeah, they go basically into uh, this pool that at the beginning of the next season, oh, these people are available. Can you pick them up at the beginning of the next season? You can't. Well, if, if you can, because you can, what, what happens okay. is we end up having another draft. Right. Uh, so, do your players carry over to the next? The ones you've kept, do they carry over in the dynasty league? Uh, they do carry up. It, we so we have eighteen players on a roster. Mm-hmm. We can keep up to twelve players. So okay. So you, you yeah. If say you have twelve players that you are really you really you like, keep you keep them. But say you have fourteen that you really like, you got to keep give up twelve, two. and you got to give up ten. Uh. And then they go into this draft so that on draft day. It's not just the number one team isn't just hoarding all these great players. Right, right. Uh, it makes them make decisions to have to let go of usually younger players right. who haven't established themselves. And it's like, oh, I can take that guy, keep him on my team, watch him grow. And then so it's a long term commitment. And it's it's it, 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 I mean, it takes a lot of time at the beginning of the season and then, then as the season goes on it's just you're just watching it so I would imagine that being part of a fantasy basketball league mm-hmm. or um, pool let's say whether it's basketball football whatever um, really leads to more enjoyment of the sport when you're watching yeah, yeah. you end up watching because you end up watching teams that you don't care about like I'm a Toronto Raptors fan right 
but I don't have really any Toronto Raptors on my team. Oh, really? But uh, I have guys. I have like I have a lot of players from the Denver Nuggets on my team okay. who I could care less about that team. Right. But sorry, Miracle. Sorry, Michelle Miracle. They're a good team. They're a good young team, and that's why I have a lot of their players is because they're young and right. they're up and coming. Uh, and uh, but it also makes it interesting to watch their games because it's like, oh, I know that guy. I, I care what happens to that right. guy. But you're watching it from a different perspective. You're not saying, oh, I want them to win. I just want that guy to do really well. Oh, isn't that if, if they lose, who cares? Right, know? right. It's, yeah, it's, it just changes your perspective on the game. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Has there ever been an incident where you've picked someone up, you didn't think they were going to do well, or you didn't expect them to do as well as they did, and then you're like, this person has been a gold star player for me? Oh, yeah. There is a player named Paul Millsap. Who has? Who does he play for? He plays now for the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. He used to play for the Utah Jazz. He, so he was what you would call it, in the real world. He was drafted uh, in the second round, which means every team gets there, there's thirty first round picks. He was picked after that, so like, okay. like thirty seventh or something. Okay, nobody thought he was anything. Right. Uh, and then I picked him because I was like, this guy, I like this guy. I like what was it about him that you liked? Like, what what did you see? I like players who are uh, gritty, who just, uh, who just like, they just do the dirty work, okay. right? I don't like the flashy players. I like the ones that just have a hard hat and then you just go out there. And he was a, the type of player who was behind somebody else. He was uh, like a, on the bench. and But every time that his, the guy in the starters got injured he would always like have like five games where it was, he was amazing but then the guy would get healthy again because they're paying him 15 million right. they gotta play him right sure and so Paul Millsap would go back to the bench and I was like this guy's a gold mine one day they're gonna realize no he's the one and they're gonna and sure enough they did and I just get I just remember I'm holding on to this guy for sure. The other guy I would say is Chris Tapps Porzingis, the guy I named my team after. Right. Because I made a trade with uh, uh, a casting director, Steve Mann. Okay. And he said, I want this player that you have, and I'll give you my, my your rookie draft pick. I was right. like, okay, fine. I gave him that player. And, and I, was that player a good player that you sacrificed? He, you know, he turned out to be a good player, but okay. not as good as, as Chris Tapps Porzingis. Chris Tapps Porzingis is going to be like a, a worldwide superstar. Okay. Because he's like... He's from he's from Latvia, okay, and he's like just he's what they call a unicorn, okay, because he's seven feet tall, but he can shoot a three pointer, okay. So and it's like that's what in basketball that's the way the NBA basketball is going now. It's like centers aren't like Shaquille O'Neal, those big yeah. guys who just stood around the basket, and the the game has totally changed because. Now, three points used to be a novelty. Three-point shooting used to be a novelty, right. and now it's the norm. Ah. And it's like pe- most people can shoot three-pointers, and three is more than two. Sure. So if you can shoot, all you have to do is shoot like 30% from three-point. If you shoot if you shoot 10 three-pointers and you only hit three, that's nine points. Right. You, to get nine points, you'd have to hit four or five uh, regular shots, right. right? So it's just the the averages are better of you scoring more points if you shoot three pointers. Anyway, that's just the way the league is going. So it's more valuable to have a guy who's super tall, 
who can shoot three pointers, get you points, also get you rebounds, also get you blocked shots. Like right. he's like, and that's why they call him a unicorn because they're so rare. It's so rare to find right. somebody who's that tall and that skilled. And you don't know if a European player or a player who's not North American playing in the North American league is going to yeah. be able to, you know, really get it and no, go with it. No right? offense to your countryman Andrea Bargnani, but that is a case of. Not a unicorn, right? Because people had a horse lot of high with hope. a horn stapled to his head. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of high hopes yeah, for him, he but did. he didn't really deliver. And he had that. He had that. Um, uh, that that physicality. He was seven feet tall, and right. he was supposed to be able to shoot three pointers, and he was supposed to be able to get block shots, and he just couldn't do any of it. And he was just not. He just didn't have that certain quality. And where is he now? He's back in Italy. Yeah. yeah. I met him once. He was really lovely. I'm but, sure he's great. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Not on the court, it seems. No, on the court, he was a little too lovely. <laughs> okay, Trevor. Before we end this episode, which I have to thank you because you've brought some clarity to this whole Good. fantasy pool. I, I swear to you, I could talk for another two hours. <laughs> maybe we'll have a part two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what I should do is record you on draft day and see what's going on. Well, you're, your... They won't fall asleep. No one will fall asleep. Why are you just like... I'm too excited. I'm too... I just get... What's it like on draft day? Like, are you like, leave me alone? I'm in my zone. I need an hour? A little bit. Uh, leave me alone. And then you end up chatting with the other managers mm-hmm. as they go. Because everyone's doing it at the same time, at right? The exact same so time. So you have to block off that time out of your day? Like, you can't work? Yeah. You can't... What you but what ends up happening is if you can't make it, the computer makes the choices oh, for you okay. based on... What you plug in. What you plug okay. in, yeah. Uh, but that's not fun. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what will end up happening is, yeah, I'll tell Dale i got to have this time. And you end up talking trash with all the other managers. What's interesting is, like, we were talking about draft day. Uh, so you try to get the best players in the beginning. And then afterwards, uh, you have to, every day you have to fill out your roster. And your roster is made out of different positions. So you have point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. You have to have all of those types of players in order to fill in those slots. So if you have five point guards, you don't have a position, you don't have a slot in your roster to put all of them in. Right. So you have to also get centers. You also have to get power forwards. So towards the end of the draft, you're looking for positional, oh, positional need uh, as well. And that's when it becomes a little more complicated because you're like... Uh, this guy's way better, but I've already got too many of that type of player. I need to get this guy who's not as good. And so that's where the sort of the art or the skill comes in. So, Trevor, if I was to ask you to give a tip or two to the novice person who's entering a fantasy pool, what were your what would your tips be? I think my main tip would be uh, if you ha- if you're when in doubt in the opening rounds, pick talent over positional need. But if always pick a point guard, you need point guards and you need, uh, you need, uh, you know what, uh, actually strike that you need wing players. So shooting guards and small forwards in the league right now, there are a lot of point guards and there are a lot of centers, but there are not a lot of in-betweens. So if you have a choice, pick those guys for first, pick guys who will give you assists and, don't worry so much about points and three-pointers. Everybody in the league now is shooting points and everybody's shooting three-pointers. You can figure that out later. Right. Get the rarities, which are things like blocks and assists and steals. There are only a few guys in the league who are elite at that kind of thing. And if you can find those guys, then it, all of a sudden, like, you've got that stuff covered and you can you can deal with 
less pressing things later. Yeah, which is great. There you go. Well, thank you, Trevor, for helping to bring some insight to the fantasy pool. Um, you're listening to The Insomnia Project, and as always, we're produced by Drumcast Productions, and we were recording this episode in Toronto, Canada. <laughs>